Bible calls us becoming one mm-hmm. soulmate. It says your capacity for that is is influenced by uh, oxytocin. This study specifically says is that casual sex leads to a decrease in this neurochemical production and it interferes with further or future pair bonding. So repeated sexual encounters with multiple partners neutralizes the brain from from producing the oxytocin, which is encouraging your pair bonding. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast that focuses on coaching you in the growth of your faith. Our world is struggling to find peace in the midst of all of this chaos, direction in the midst of all of this aimlessness, and purpose in the midst of no meaning. We're challenging everyone to take time to think about the point and purpose of your life. Then you will know what you believe and why you believe it. This leads to a stronger faith, and that is how you find peace hope, and love in this world. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, but we cannot do this without the one, the only, the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Welcome, everyone. It's good to be with you today. It's been kind of a whirlwind week around here, all kinds of things going on, particularly when everybody heard that uh, we were going to be doing a series focused only on women. Wow, the feedback level <laughs> went up. So not negative feedback. It's just the amount of feedback yes. went up, you know. And so it's really kind of interesting. So we're trying to see what uh, the impact of Tuesday's episode is going to have. Please share it with your friends. Don't forget, if you ever go to YouTube, go to the Salty Pastor YouTube channel, like and subscribe. Click those two buttons because we're trying to build the uh, subscriber list up to over 1,000 people so that we can access a lot of the stuff that YouTube allows you to do. If you don't get to 1,000 subscribers, they don't even pay attention to you. Mm. You're nothing. You're a fly on the wall. Yes. (laughs) Well, on Tuesday, we introduced a new series that focuses specifically on women. You started with a teaching of Jesus from Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, where it says, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, this is the one who will save it. If we want to save our lives, then we must deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. This is the basic life fulfillment equation. That was the concept you introduced. Yeah, we talked about that, and that is is that, you know, if we're going to focus on women, we have to start with their basic humanity, just like men, we start with basic humanity, and these are things we all have in common, being created in the image of God. And it's basically, this equation is, if I want to save my life, if I want a life of fulfillment, value, love, if I want uh, meaning and purpose, uh, the wellspring of joy in my life, then there's a basic equation. And J- Jesus lays it out in that verse. It's very specific. It's basically you got to know who he is, mm. right? Because you got, you'll only find your life in me. You won't find it in the world. He says, but you also have to know yourself. You know, you have to deny yourself. Well, what, what about me do I need to deny? I mean, why am I getting in the way of a full complete life Mm. is that interesting that he says that you have to deny yourself in order to find yourself right you know and i think that's kind of interesting yeah i mean he lays out kind of a concept that seems confusing and when you're just casually reading through the bible it would be confusing it's like Mm -hmm. wait i need to deny myself to be myself 
Yeah, and then he kind of tacks on the rest of that. He just basically says, you got to know the world. So you got to know Jesus first, then you got to know yourself, then you got to know the world, right? It says, like, if anyone seeks to save their life, they're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to find it or save it. So that's basically the life fulfillment equation. So the challenge was really on on Tuesday's podcast afterwards was to deeply think about which version of yourself you are believing Mm -hmm. in. Do you believe God's version of who you are or or the one that comes from you and the society and the experiences that you've had Mm -hmm. around you? That's why the first step in the life equation is to know Jesus, because you can't even make a decision between those two things if you don't know him, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, how can you believe in something that you don't even know or that you're not even aware of? We can't know God's version of who we are until we've actually met him and encountered him in a real way and, and developed a relationship. And listen. Yeah, that's the other thing. It can't just be a one-way street. There right. has to be an interaction, right? Yes. So let's take this principle and apply it to today's world today. Thursday's usually our application podcast. Yes. What challenges do women face that interfere with them knowing Jesus? Because I know that they face a lot of challenges. As, as two men, we don't even probably know every challenge that they face. But <laughs> That's true. There, there are specific challenges that you can help them identify that keep them from knowing Jesus, right? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like to start off in the application section by just saying to all the women, all the ladies that are listening, is that I hope you go on this journey with us. And our goal is, my goal in particular, is to help present you with facts and with uh, biblical principles to help you figure this out for yourself, right? On, I, I don't want to just simply tell you things you've already heard before, and I don't want to uh, just say the same things again. I want to help you grow stronger in your sense of who you are in Christ. And this begins with knowing Jesus. But the world in which you live has really tried to stop you or turn you from knowing Jesus and knowing what it is that he is really doing in you. So in all of the research out there, I went out and I asked a whole bunch of of ladies, what is it that you think are some of the big pressure points? And, And some ladies were even willing to come in and video tape their answers and so we're going to show those uh, in the Sunday messages so I'm pretty excited about that but when it comes to knowing what version of yourself uh, that you believe I think women face an uphill battle in three main areas these three things bubble to the top all the time women are saying these things research shows this and it's basically uh, having to do with your your physical appearance your physical body with sexuality and what that means and then the uh, the responsibility or role uh, to feel like you have to be all and everything so I kind of like take these one at a time and start with the physical body uphill battle that women have to work through women are constantly pressured regarding their physical attractiveness you know uh you can see this just in the notion of how long does it take a guy to get ready versus how long it takes a female Mm, you know it's like well i gotta do all this stuff and the the pressure uh to be physically attractive is really harsh on women and the reason there's two reasons why it's hard on women first and foremost our society focuses only on what me- what makes a woman attractive sexually, mm-hmm. right? So the goal then is that the image of beauty is somewhere between the ages of 15 and 22. Because that, that is the 
prime fertility age for females, right? And so what's really amazing is that our society is obsessed with getting women to look like that. And so there's a huge unrealistic pressure in that regard. Well, I mean, just the idea of the constant. I mean, if you look at any cosmetology, anything that's related to makeup, it's all to make you look younger, right? Yeah. There's no there's no makeup that's like, <laughs> I want you to look like you're in your mid forties. Like yeah, there's there is, no that doesn't there's no exist. makeup that they're advertising that it makes you look more mature and sophisticated, right? right. They want you to look younger and yeah. That's the whole point and focus of a lot of the makeup campaigns. They always have some 20-something-year-old running around and going like, oh, look how young and pretty I am. And it's like, oh, well, if you buy our thing, this is you will look as young as the person that we're showing you, right? That's the marketing Yeah, and idea. that's the problem is that it's really harsh on women because it's so unrealistic. You right. know, it's such a small window of time. And physically, I mean, you're not even fully developed until your mid-20s. It's just crazy. But the other thing that makes it really harsh on women, I think, why they feel this pressure so intensely is because research shows that women rank much higher on agreeableness than men. Right. So consequently, it's very difficult for a woman not to be impacted by this cultural message that is constantly pushed and the entire cultural uh, message focuses on the physical appearance of women. Okay, so women want to be attractive, but society tells you what makes you attractive is this physical representation. Mm. And I want I want women to think about that. You want to be attractive. There's nothing wrong with being. That's part of the feminine. The feminine attracts, but what happens is society perverts that desire of attracting. By saying the only thing that makes you attractive is when you look like a, you know, vibrant 17-year-old who isn't fully de even developed yet. So uh, it all focuses on the physical manifestation of attractiveness. This is why makeup is such a big deal, right? Because research says this, uh, clinical psychologists talk about this, that all makeup is signaling, right? You're signaling. Your, your vibrancy, okay, your fertility, you're signaling these things. Uh, there was a study done just on the issue of red lipstick. And the whole point of uh, red lipstick is that during times of cycling for females is that the, their bodies become more flushed and their lips become more red. And so they're saying that there is a direct connection between the desire to wear or the usage of red lipstick and signaling that I am more fertile. And so it's these subconscious things have been studied and revealed. And so what happens is when the entire f culture is focused on having you look that way, the issue then becomes what makes you attractional is the, the subconscious signals, right? Well, who determines what those signals are? Who determines what shade of red lipstick or what makeup style or what fashion that highlights what part of your appearance should you wear. And this is what's really interesting is that all of these attractional appearances are determined by other women. Now, whenever I say that, this is so funny because young ladies, when I've talked about this before, uh, 
ladies in their college years, they come up to me and they go, this really upsets them when I say this because they go, no, it's not. It's a patriarchy. Men determine all this stuff. Men are, are pushing this on us. And I just go back and I remind them, I go, look, you know what all the major fashion magazines are? You're talking Vogue, Cosmo, Elle, all these things. It's really important to understand is that they are all run by women. If you go to Vogue, Anna Wittour, you know, is the famous Vogue Ed, editor at large but you go and you look at the entire leadership team and it's Anna Lisa Yabsley it's Jai Jane and Jasmine I can't pronounce her last name <laughs> <laughs> you go to Cosmo magazine Cosmopolitan it's led by Jessica Giles or Giles who's the head editor Mallory Roynan Sasha de Gersdorf, and Rosa Heyman uh, if you go to L it's uh, chief editor is Claire uh, it's also run by Madison Feller and Danielle James. Even the, the, the bathing suit issue of Sports Illustrated is completely run by a woman who does all of that. She puts it all together. She picks, and her whole team is all, uh, it's predominantly female. And so the point is, is that major fashion magazines, the ones that tell you what all the fashion trends are, are all run by women. So they're the ones determining what is attractive for women. Uh, you go to universities, and if you go to any gender studies department, I guarantee you, you can't find a single gender studies department in any university in the United States of America run by a male. A strong statement. You know someone's going to go look that up, Pastor. <laughs> well, if they can find one. That would be news to me. <laughs> I'd love to be, I would love to stand corrected on that one. Perfect. So the challenge has been issued. If you can go out there and find one, please share it with me because I don't believe it Leave a it comment exists. on the YouTube. Let us know who you found. Yeah. Same thing with feminist studies departments. You know, feminist studies departments uh, are not led by men. You might find a male professor in there on occasion, but they are overwhelmingly staffed gender studies departments, feminist study departments, by females. So what is, why are these facts important? Well, it's really important because when you think of the version of yourself, ladies, that you want to believe, you have to realize is that the pressure from our society on you to believe its version of what makes you valuable is huge. And so you have to figure out a way to counter that in God's version of who you really are, it is the inner feminine qualities that determine your attractiveness. That's what, that's what makes you so attractive is the feminine character that you bring to any situation or any relationship. That's what makes a woman, a female, so attractive. Just go read Proverbs 31 and go, go read 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6 where he says in first Peter, uh, the apostle Peter says, don't adorn yourself with the hairdos and the makeup and the jewelry. He goes, adorn yourself with the character traits that make women of God so powerfully attractive. Well, and I think, I mean, at least on, in my life, I spent a lot of time on the road with some very attractive women for ballroom dancing, right? Like yeah. there's an expectation of beauty. You're wearing specific dresses that accentuate certain aspects of your body, right? Like it's a whole part of the culture of the thing. But when that's all you put your energy into, it's like I was around those people a lot. 
and I was not really like physically, yes, attracted, but emotional depth was pretty low on that because that was their primary focus. That's where they were at. And it's like part of the reason I'm getting married now is because I found someone who's beautiful on the outside, but more importantly, very beautiful on the inside. She has a, a loving Shout heart out to yes. from Jesse yes. to his fiance. Um, and so <laughs> Good for you. I think that's super important to identify is that, like, yes, there may be cultural pressures to do this, right? There's yes. no one's denying that there are cultural pressures. There are preferences of men, right, influencing these ideas. But there's, if you really want a healthy, lasting relationship, that, is, that should not be your primary focus, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure even just to be taken seriously. You have to be dressing a certain way, right? Like, yeah. there's... When you women have different pressures when they go to an interview of looking at a very specific way or dressing in a specific manner, mm -hmm. whereas guys could probably show up in a button up shirt. <laughs> and so it's like there are different yeah. pressures. Yeah. And that and we're not denying that, but a lot of it. Yeah, comes we're back. saying that it you gotta take into account this pressure isn't just minor, it's major in yes. your life and it can it can affect your version of yourself. Yeah, it can overwhelm who yeah. God says you are yes. in your life. Yes, 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 yes. Um so yeah, just that idea of that physically perfect every single day. Like you don't really yeah. ever see, at least in my life, I'm not seeing a lot of women that are just taking a day off. Like I'm just not going to wear makeup today. Like yeah. maybe if you're out camping, that's about the only time. But most of the time, they feel pressure that they have to right. present a perfect appearance every and we're single not, day. And I'm not trying to say wearing makeup, dressing nice, looking your best is wrong. I'm right. not saying that at all. Don't misinterpret. What I'm saying is that when you have to choose the version of yourself that you want to believe, you have to realize is that society has this massive machine of pressure on you to get you to believe its version. Right. So you have they to make be, money off of that. Yeah, version. they make a ton of money <laughs> off of that. Right. So what they what you so you have to understand that you you can dress nice and be a, a fashionista and and have the perfect coiffed hair and yet understand that the real version of me, I believe God's. Yes. His his version of me is the one I believe and the one I live in each and every day. Mm. And that's really important if you want to discover and walk and live in the peace, right? That yes. Because this is the equation of life, right? right? The fullness of life. You want to save your life? Well, walk in God's version of who you are. Now, you can make God's version of who you are look great on the outside. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but the issue is, is that at its core, you must choose what version you believe. Mm. So talk to me, you, you get, you laid out three different points of, of things that you've found through research or, or, um, yeah, well, evidence the second from one, other women talk yeah. to me about the next one that's really affecting women now. Well, the sexuality and sexual relationships. And I think this really cuts to the core of this idea of, wow, society is really pushing me to adopt a certain version of, of uh, so I believe this about me as mm -hmm. opposed to what God is saying. Because our society's emphasis phys in physical attractiveness is all on youth and physical beauty. But what happens is it, that also communicates that the primary value of women is just sexuality, mm -hmm. right? And this, of course, f makes women feel objectified. One thing that all the women said in feedback to me is that I think it's a problem, you know, when you feel sexually objectified. Now... I'm going to say something here that I want you to think about. It's an insight that most people never think about. Okay? But I want you to think about this. Women are pressured 
to present themselves with a version that soci- of themselves that society values. And what does society value right now? The sexual vitality of a woman. You know, this young, vibrant, flushed, ready-to-go, fertile young woman. However, women then, a lot of women, particularly when they're younger, will use what society values to attract men. So they use their sexuality. They'll dress, and I mean this in general, in provocative ways to get attention, and they get it, right? However, when a woman uses only sexuality to attract, that's when she feels objectified. Therefore, because now when you feel objectified, what you're, what you're making is a statement of value. And so when you say, I feel I'm being objectified, what you're saying is, I feel I'm being devalued as a person. You only want me for this object, right? Mm-hmm. Or as an object. Uh, you don't really want me. You don't really want all of who I am. I feel objectified in, because what you're saying is, I, don't, I, I need to play this role, and this role is not all of me. Right. You want me to come across as this uh, uh, sexually attractive for I can get attention that way. But that doesn't mean. But if I do that, I feel objectified. So we know this to be true. Right. So. um, This is kind of the 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 deeper thing I want you to think about. And that is if you use something to attract that results in a feeling of objectification, isn't that a sign that what society is saying to do isn't working? Isn't working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it's producing in you the very thing you don't want. Yeah. I mean, it would be like if you go, uh, I don't know, if you went and got a haircut and they kept <laughs> cutting you. You wouldn't keep going back to them and saying, oh, well, but I just get the best haircut there, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you go get a haircut, you leave, and everybody goes, dude, that's the worst haircut you've ever got. So you keep going back. <laughs> right. Well, it makes you, yeah, like you look at it, you're like, I feel terrible. I'm just going to continue using this person, though, because yeah, this is the cool thing to do, right? But you hate yeah. every aspect of how it makes you feel, how it looks. In some ways, it's even harming you. Like, yeah. And All why, of these why do you and do yet that? You continue returning to that same. Yeah, well, well, see, and that's a perfect point you made there. Even though it's harming you, because I, I just don't understand the phenomena today of hookup culture. It's it's really interesting. I, I was reading a study from the uh, Medical Institute for Sexual Health, and th- they have this research very specifically that says uh, uh, the importance of it's called uh, uh, oxytocin mm-hmm. when it comes to bear ponding. Uh, pair bonding, which is a big deal, particularly for women. Pair ponds are very different <laughs> than pair bonding. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get those consonants <laughs> right, don't you? Yeah, so pair bonding. In other words, your capacity to bond with somebody else and mm-hmm. have a deep emotional connection with them, a partnership. The Bible calls us becoming one, mm-hmm. a soulmate. It says your capacity for that is, is influenced by uh, oxytocin. And what this study specifically says is that casual sex leads to a decrease in this neurochemical production, and it interferes with further or future pair bonding. 
So repeated sexual encounters with multiple partners neutralizes the brain from, produ- from producing the oxytocin, which is encouraging your pair bonding. And some people have even gone so far to say is that once a woman has more than five or six sexual partners, from the chances of her getting married and staying married, right, finding a, a pair bond that lasts, a deep abiding love, is less than 20%. Mm. So the notion of body count is a big deal. And what's fascinating is if you, like, kind of follow culture and things like, which I do, you know, because I'm always reading and studying and all this kind of stuff, is that, is that there's this, this is a new thing, particularly with influencers on YouTube shorts and TikTok and stuff like that, these people that interview and they're trying to be, now a lot of their ideas are, are weird and crazy, and the soul to pastor is helping young people navigate those things. But what I have found is a common topic now is that guys don't want to date girls with high body counts, they say. And, uh, and the reason why is because they realize she is unable to bond with me and be committed to me. And mm. so even now this young, non-Christian demographic of people is discovering this truth. And I'm always fascinated. I'm always so fascinated how people will go out, live with these worldly ideologies, these worldviews, and they are so dissatisfied that they discover something that's that a new virtue, right? But that virtue has been articulated in the Bible for 4,000 years. Right. <laughs> they, they stumble on this new truth, and they're like, man, I'm, I'm so smart. I found this thing. And it's like, nope, the Bible's been saying that for a long time. Yeah. You know, I mean, a hilarious story is with Joe Rogan the other day. He says, man, you know, in all society, there's never been a book that has unified us all. There's never been a book that tells you how to do life and how to work life. And so a bunch of people respond to that. Oh, Joe Rogan <laughs> discovers the Bible. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. But the bottom line in all this is society determines, when society tries to determine the version of you that you should believe, you always end up devalued. And so, women, it's important that you understand what society's trying to do to you sexually in this regard. Well, and I think it's important to note, too, like, I'm assuming it's not even just men or women that are suffering from these casual sexual encounters. Men are also dealing with this. And it's always been in it for a long time before even women were encouraged to do that, which I think a little bit of that turned into, well, men are encouraged to do it, so why can't women, right? Like Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. But, like, men also were struggling with creating emotional connections, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's like this is not a new thing. It's just that women are now dealing with it in a way that I think they never had to before because of the way sexuality has been. Well, it presents differently in men because what happens is when men have – multiple sex partners, their body counts go up, their ability to accept responsibility for things drops. Mm. So where women have difficulty developing emotional pair bonding, men become more irresponsible. Which ties into kind of the curse that we deal with anyways, right? Like the things that we value are come like core motivators of ourselves get really out of whack when we're not doing the right thing right and so So in that interesting you you point out how is that this taint of sin i've talked about as like you know kind of it can poison your soul um we both have it females have it and males have it the way it presents in females is one way because it's a feminine expression Mm -hmm. the way it presents in males is different because it's a masculine right so the more partners men have the less responsible they become Mm. 
So we have one more major area that women are fighting an uphill battle in in determining who which version of themselves they want to believe in. Yes. What is that last one? Talk to me about that. Well, uh, a lot of people responded. They said uh, when I, I said what's one of the main pressure points or the main challenges you have, and they said all of them said well the pressure to do it all as a woman. I feel mm. tremendous pressure now. Remember I said. Women are more agreeable, so if there's a societal norm or a societal vibe that is regularly communicated, their tendency is to want to try to what? Appease it. Appease it, right, to adopt it. And it's just natural. It's reflex. They don't, they're not thinking about that. And so that's why determining the version of you that you're going to believe is something and you have agree to do. <laughs> yeah, and agree with is something you have to do every single day because in that verse it says you must daily Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Isn't that interesting? Jesus uses the word. It's an every single day decision. And so that's how this applies. Um, I think that uh, the the thing is that your reflex is to want to try to do it all. And boy, that just puts so much pressure on you because the, the societal version of who you should be is completely unrealistic. Women are feeling overwhelming pressure to be able to do it all they need to build a great relationship or romance they need to build a great marriage they need to build a great home build great kids build great schools build a great career build a great business build great churches build great neighborhoods build great communities build a perfect body with perfect fashion well and i i mean that's overwhelming list right yeah and what's interesting i think is and and this was brought up to me when i was kind of mentioning we were going to do this women's series and and i they mentioned this exact same point to me and they said part of the reason this whole snowball of feeling pressure to do it all was yeah. was because society then also can at the same time was convincing men to step out of the way right like yeah. there it's tied together of yeah. the, your your series on desperado of men not stepping up men not being yeah. engaged men not doing whatever has now forced all of this additional pressure, pressure on women women st stepped up and said well these things need to happen right and now it's sort of like the I, I i use the example of you know at work where sometimes if someone leaves you pick up a job like an extra yeah. task and then you just keep doing, doing it, it because you're like, well, no one else is doing it. And then everyone else goes, well, I don't have to do it. So-and-so is already doing right. it. And you just keep picking up tasks. And I think that's what's part of what has happened to women intentionally or unintentionally is they've started picking up additional responsibilities. Yeah. And then society has said, well, you're already doing them or, you know, uh, different influences have said, well, you need to be doing them yeah. versus, well, I can I don't have to do these. I can choose to do them or I can choose not to do them. But there's no requirement of me, right? It's been a, a shift of, well, the men all abdicated the spot, so now we're going to do it, and now it's just sort of snowballed into yeah, now we because have to the big the biggest problem that men have is passivity, right? You know, just stepping out. Yes, uh, gotta get engaged there, bro. So they're but they're tied together, right? They're it's oh, very much so. Okay, but I think what's so interesting is in the back in the, I think the late '70s, early there was a perfume called Anjali, and they had this this commercial out where this woman 
with, with God. And she goes, I can get the kids up, get them dressed, make them breakfast and send them off. I can be in the office from nine to five. You know, then I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. And then she puts on this glamorous dress and makeup and says, and then I can never let you forget you're a man. Mm. And I'm thinking, what an idiotic commercial. Right. Because <laughs> it just described what you said. Yeah. You, have you do everything. You're doing all the things <laughs> and the guy's just like hanging out doing yeah, nothing. He right? buys you a bottle of perfume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So from a v- very young age, I think, ladies, you have to realize is the societal version of who you should be is a lie and it's propagated very young. It starts off in in media and in our public school system uh, where they tell you that the most important thing about you as a female is you're going to be your career. You know, you have to work and make more than men because that's what's going to bring you value. The most important thing you will ever do in life is be a taxpayer. And I'm like. That no, no, no. I don't think when you tell women to do it all, that pressure it just overwhelms them. Mm. And so it robs it's them. It's not peace. fair. It's not fair. So don't so so the reason I point these up is because I'm just trying to show you, ladies, that uh, in order to believe the version of who you are that God says who you are, is that you have to kind of wade through these messages that you're just being pummeled with every single day. And because you're naturally wanting to, you know, you you tend to be more agreeable, you want to appease, you want to try and be those things, even though society is sucking your life out of you. Yeah, I think just wading through all these messages that the world's trying to overwhelm you with is really, if you don't know Jesus, you're just going to believe that that's, the only truth that there is out there, right? Yeah. You don't have another viewpoint other than what you've experienced and what the world is telling you constantly, then you're going to believe that, right? Yeah. But if you have met Jesus and you know him and what he says about you, you have a different rock to hold on to. That's not going to change next week. Because, I mean, even going back to the makeup thing, it's like it is interesting that suddenly every season – there's a new shade that you have to get, right? Yeah. Because otherwise you're out of fashion, and it's like, oh, well, that's really convenient for the stockholders. Yeah, the stockholders have done a really good things, job. Right? Yeah. And so it's yeah. like if that is constantly changing and you're being told, well, now you need to be focused on this, and now you need to look this way, and you need da 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 and it's like, well, yeah. you know, for thousands and thousands of years, God say, said you, you're enough as you are by yourself. And I made you exactly how you're meant to be, and that's okay with me. And yeah. and that's important. You gotta really, you've got to really wade through this pressure from society that says this is the version of you you need to believe, the one that we are telling you to be. And then God says no, because remember the whole point of this this whole series, ladies, is this: I want you to experience the authentic value that Christ has bestowed upon your life. I don't want you to feel devalued. I don't want you to feel underappreciated. I don't want you to feel taken advantage of or taken for granted. I want you to be recognized and honored and lifted up and inspired. Celebrated. Celebrated with a hope that can only come from knowing the version of yourself that comes from Jesus. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor, for diving into these things that are inhibiting women from really knowing Jesus and being able to make a real choice between which version of themselves they're going to believe Believe, moving forward in their life. I think that's so important. I want to encourage you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. If you're a lady, tell us which one of these you feel like is the most the biggest one you're struggling with right now. Yeah. Leave a comment um, and tell us which one you feel like society is pushing the most in your life or in the lives of the women around you. Because it would be good for us to know kind of which one seems to be the biggest thing right now for you. I know they're all big ones, but which one's hitting the hardest? Leave a comment if you're on YouTube. Uh, we'd love to see that and see what kind of feedback we're getting from you guys as far as what's really hitting you the hardest. Yes. So um, other than that. We're kicking off this brand new series on Sunday. We're really excited about it. Tell your friends, show up, and like Pastor Doug said, come with an come with an open mind. Don't come with a preconceived <laughs> notion about what's going to be said. And I think um, between his study on the Bible and what the Bible says about you, you're going to be very happy with what we just what we're uh, spreading the gospel on on Sunday. So thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Blessings. <laughs>